Um, so if your swim time goes over the limit, when you get out of the water, they will pull you out of the race. Um, you're not allowed to continue if your swim time was too long. In this episode, we will talk about completing a full Ironman triathlon, finishing it in 14 hours, and knowing now you can do anything if you put your mind to it. We'll dive right into Steph West's courageous story, where she knows now when she makes a decision, she goes for it. And knowing what her limitations are, because she's willing to do the half Ironman challenge, but the full, she's good to go. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place where you get charged up with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Steph West. Hi, Steph. And it's awesome that you're here joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, um, what like so? What is what is your one courageous story that you would like to share with us today? Uh, my story is about uh, completing an Ironman triathlon. So I know that that may be something that people have heard of before, but I know that a lot of people don't always understand what that means. So triathlon is three sports: uh, swimming, cycling, and running. And then an Ironman is um, specific distances of those. So the swimming portion is 2.4 miles. The cycling portion is um, a hunt. Now, I, oh my gosh, now I just forgot. Um, 112 miles. <laughs> and then the running portion is a marathon. It's 26.2 miles. So that's what an Ironman triathlon is. All three of those together one after the other and do you know already like I remember when we did when we met before and you told me how much was each I was like damn that's like I'm yeah like what got you to doing this challenge for yourself It's actually been many years in the making I've been a triathlete for 10 years Um, And so in triathlon, just like in running or cycling, there's different distances that you can do. So if you think about running, some people run 5K, some people run 10K, some people run marathons, ultra marathons. It's the same in triathlon. There's different distances that you can do. I started, I've, I've been a runner. I am not athletic or coordinated, but I've been a runner for a long time. And 10 years ago, I had lost my job and I, I have ADHD. So I was honestly just really bored and understimulated. And I decided I wanted to start doing triathlons because, you know, why not? So I started 10 years ago with just shorter races. Um, and then as the years went on, I just progressed to longer and longer races and before I did the full Ironman, I had done three half Ironman races. So it's literally half of the distances that are in the full. And I just felt like I I just wanted to do one full Ironman. They call it one and done. Um, and most people think that that's a joke, that once you do one, that you're hooked. It has been very true for me, the one and done. 
Um, I did my, it's been a little over a year now since I did my first full and I have no interest in doing another one. Um, I have done two more half Ironman since then on the other side of the world. And I've done smaller races since then. But for me personally, I just, I don't have interest in doing another full Ironman. So I just get to say that I did it once I finished I made the cutoff time. I have my medal. I have my pictures. I have my t-shirt. <laughs> yes. And so now I'm back to doing my more medium distance races. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why like, like one and done because the amount, like 112 miles, I mean, that was, I mean, the, the 26, Forgot the numbers mm -hmm. already, but like, I mean, you're just like I know it's like a exorbitant amount of miles in in all three racing. I mean, running, I think bicycling, and then what's the third one? Swimming? Was it swimming? swimming? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah, but, even even me as someone who did it, when I think about it, it's overwhelming. Even as someone who has done that, it's yeah, yeah it's it's overwhelming. Um, and the, I mean, I was training 20 hours a week, you know, yeah. um, getting ready for it because you have to be able to build your stamina. You have to build your endurance. Um, it took me, my goal was 14 hours and it took me 14 hours and 39 minutes. Um, yeah. So that, that was, there's a, there's actually cutoff times. So there's a total race cutoff time of 17 hours. Um, but every, every aspect of it has its own cutoff time. And so that's kind of part of the anxiety as well, is that you can't just take your time. You, it, you cannot just, you know, spend 30 minutes hanging out in the tent, you know, before you start the run, um, you, there's cutoff times that, that you have to meet or else you get pulled off the course. And so that's, you know, there's, so there's times to consider. There's even things like on the bike, if you, they call it a technical, like if you get a flat tire, if, you know, if something goes, happens on the bike, a lot of people have issues on the run because it's the end of the race. So it's the hottest part of the race. Um, so, and then, you know, you're running a marathon after having done everything else that you've just done. So a lot of people have physical issues on the run, um, blisters, heat exhaustion, um, stomach issues, um, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, in, in that amount of time, there's just so many things that, that can go sideways. <laughs> yeah, no. Wait, so why is there a, like, is the time constraint? Why is there a time constraint? So 17 hours, if you, if it starts at seven in the morning, mm -hmm. um, 17 hours later is midnight. Mm -hmm. And so you've got volunteers out there. You've got, I mean, they, they have, sh wherever the race is, they have shut down the roads for people to do the race. I mean, it, yeah, nothing um, should last more than 17 hours. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. It's, like, it's, you it's now midnight, you know, yeah. after 17 hours. And that makes sense with like if you're collaborating with a city wherever you're mm -hmm. doing like like you said the shutting down so many things just so this race could prolong the full seventeen hours if not mm -hmm. well not more than seventeen hours but mm -hmm. and then you said mentioned too like if you don't finish it 
Well, well, how can you get pulled out of the course if you don't finish it? Or what was it again that you said like if or like you're you're hanging out and you're not so you're not gung ho like hey you need to go start running again or biking again, then also they'll take you off. So on the swim, um, a lot of people have a hard time on the swim because almost all triathletes start as cyclists or runners. Most swimmers don't turn into triathletes. Um, and because of that, a lot of people who do triathlon aren't the strongest swimmers because it's just something that you take on in order to do a triathlon. Um, so if your swim time goes over the limit, when you get out of the water, they will pull you out of the race. Um, you're not allowed to continue if your swim time was too long. And so that's a concern for people who aren't who aren't decent swimmers is that a lot of people develop anxiety because it's open water swimming, which means you're in the ocean or you're in a lake. And so a lot of people can develop anxiety about that. Um so yeah, that, and the, I mean, the 2.4 miles, it's just from a time perspective, I think my swim was about an hour and 40 minutes. Um, so just to put some perspective on, that's a horribly long time to be doing anything, let alone swimming when you, you can't, it's not like a pool where you can stop and stand up that that's not a thing, right? So um, you either keep swimming or you stop and float in the water. <laughs> Wait, so do you, are you allowed, are you allowed to wear um, life jackets or floaties? <laughs> no. no, you can't, depending on the temperature, you can wear a wetsuit, which yeah. wetsuits are naturally buoyant. Um, so you're, you're not likely, the, and I mean, historically speaking, there are people who, who drown in triathlons. Um, in a wetsuit, that's highly unlikely because wetsuits are buoyant, but yeah. you also, you're swimming. I mean, there can be 2000 people in a race and, and everybody's swimming, you know, sometimes they have different waves that start at different times. Sometimes it's a mass start, but you, I mean, you get clobbered in the water. I mean, you get elbowed, you get kicked, you get hit. I mean, it's just people swimming and, and, you know, sometimes people just go right over the top of you. So that can happen too. You can, you can get really disoriented if you yeah. catch an elbow to the head or a foot to the face or something. Um, but yeah, so that's the first thing is if the swim takes too long, then when you get out of the water, you get disqualified. Um, mm -hmm. And then the same on the bike, if you're on the bike course and you've passed the time limit to be on the bike course, uh, when you come, when you finish the bike, they don't let you continue on to the run. Um, and then the, for people that are on the run, once the time is up, they'll actually, because they can track you on the course and they'll actually pull you off the course so that you're not still out there. After how do the they, how do they measure it? Like for example, the run, like you're so close to the finish line, you're about 16 yeah you're on the 16th hour 16th hour and you have or maybe 16 and 30 minutes right you have 30 more minutes until you hit 17 how mm -hmm. do they measure that how far yeah like how far you will reach of it the, yeah so there are timing mats all along this the bike and the run course so um every race there's different increments but even you can track, if you know somebody who's racing, you can open the app and track them and literally see them on the map, like where they are, because they're going over timing mats. 
Um, and so sometimes they'll pull you off the course. A lot of the run courses are, are multiple loops because it's such a long distance. So a lot of them are loops. So for example, if you're finishing your second loop and they already know that there's no way you're going to finish your third on time, they might pull you off the course. Um, the other thing is you may still be able to finish, but you, you're considered disqualified, um, because you, you went over the time. So I had, when I did a half Ironman, I actually did one in, in Hawaii with some friends of mine. And there were four of us that went and two of my friends, that's what happened to them. They, they finished the race, but they, it, their time was too long. And so they were allowed to finish, but they were considered like DFQ did not qualify. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or DNF did not finish. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it's definitely an experience. It's the, the time to train, um, was really intense. I also had to hire a nutritionist because yeah. I just knew there was no way I could do something like that without kind of revamping my nutrition. Um, so that was a whole other thing that I was dealing with was the, the amount that I had to eat on a daily basis. <laughs> um, and then on the right, if anybody understands kind of, you know, carbs and, and things like that, I, during the race, my plan was to consume 60 carbs an hour. Um, that is so much. Like it's, it's 60, so carbs. 60 grams, 60 grams of carbs an hour. Oh my, a, an hour? An hour. Yeah. Oh. And, and so you do the same thing when you're doing your long trainings, you know, because there's in the weeks before you're riding a hundred miles every weekend and you're, you know, the running isn't as long, but you're running three hours on the weekends. And so you're having to take in the same thing, you know, 60, 60 grams of carbs an hour. So there's all kinds of supplements and, and powders and gels and, you know, all kinds of stuff that you can use because it's not like you can sit down and eat something real, you know, um, Wait, so, so how, how did, so during the 14 hour, how did you, during, during the Ironman full, full Ironman, how did you intake nutrients? Um, different people have different systems. So everybody has to figure out what works best for them. For me, I, um, did a mix of powder in my water. So a specific powder that's made for that. And then um, gel packs that are that are made for endurance training. So I did a mix of those. And then on the run portion of it, I really like these like waffle things. Again, they're made for endurance sports. So mm -hmm. everybody just has to find what works for them. Some people eat, um, some people drink Coke because it's very high in carbs. I don't do soda and I can't imagine that. <laughs> um, some people do, um, salt is also a big thing, especially if it's hot because you, you sweat too much and then you end up without enough salt in your body. So some people eat chips. Um, I know some people that eat um, like Fig Newtons. Um, some, I mean, people honestly kind of consume whatever works for them. I personally went with the powder in my water and then um, the gel packs. The gel packs are small and so they're really easy to carry on you. Um, and then on your bike, 
you carry your own water on your bike so you can put anything in it that you need to. Um, but yeah, that was my plan. I actually, when I got to the run, my stomach was so done with all of the carbs that I, I could not take in anything else. My stomach just was, it shut down. And so I ran the marathon, uh, with no nutrition. I, I just physically could not put anything else in my body. And so, and I'm in Texas, the race I did was in Texas. So it was warm. Um, and I kept trying to drink water. And after about two hours, I couldn't even drink water anymore. Um, I actually thought that my body was going to shut down at some point because I had, at that point I had already gone, um, 12 hours of, of racing. And now I'm trying to finish this race without water, without nutrition, without carbs, I thought my body was just going to shut down at some point, to be honest. I was just waiting for that. to. I was like, I was running, just waiting for my body to just stop. And that never happened. <laughs> I, I was able to finish and I was able to cross the finish line. Um, but it was about six weeks before I wanted anything to do with sugar and carbs, to be honest. Like my stomach just was so over it. It really was about six weeks before I had any kind of desire <laughs> for anything that was carby or sugary. <laughs> Wait, so what did you eat during the six? So before, you know, like six weeks. So what did you eat at, right after then? After the race? Yeah. Um, I actually, it's, you know, I always imagined, I'm a very emotional person. I imagined that when I crossed the finish line, I would just be so overwhelmed with emotion, right? And anytime I would imagine it, I could, like, I could picture myself crying. I was done. Like, when I crossed the finish line, I was done. Like, the smile on my face was pretend. Um, I had teammates and friends there, and I was pretending, like, I, my, every part of my body hurt. I didn't want anybody to touch me. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. Like I just wanted to leave. I was so done. Um, you're ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was, it's out of town. So I was staying in a hotel and I had a friend that had gone with me. And so we went back to the hotel and then of course you have to walk back, to, you know, um, so I'm like walking back to the hotel and he had ordered, I think I had told him ahead of time what I wanted him to order for room service or whatever. And so it came and I just had no desire to eat, but then you also know that your body needs food, right? Like you just went through this really difficult ordeal, like your body needs food. And so I kind of force fed myself like about half of the food that I had ordered because I knew that I needed to eat, but oh man, I did not want to. And so, yeah, the, the end of that race, um, in hindsight, after about a week, I was able to realize how proud I was of myself for, um, the other thing about that race is the bike, bike part of it was really, really windy, yeah. um, which makes you have to work harder and it makes you go slower. Um, and the typical rate of people who start in Ironman and then don't finish it is about 9%. Mm -hmm. 
So it depends on the race, but it depends on the weather, or it depends on the road conditions. But typically about 9% of people who start the race at some point along the way don't finish. Either they went over their time, um, they had issues on the swim, issues on the bike, whatever. In this particular race, it was 21%. 21% of people who started did not finish. Um, and a huge part of that was the bike. It was just so windy. And so anybody who was not, I'm cycling's my strong point. Anybody who's not a strong cyclist, you just wouldn't have made it. I mean, it was, oh, there were times I just wanted to cry. And again, it's 112 miles. It's not like you can fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, and was I there mean, like a lot of was there like a lot of um hills or just like more? The one that I did was not super hilly. It was actually on an expressway that they had shut down for the race. So mm -hmm. if you're just riding on an open expressway, but it was so windy. I mean, it it just there after the race, there were all kinds of memes going around about it, like just about you know like means with like freight trains and I mean it was it it was really bad so people who were not strong cyclists or people who had had a really hard time on the swim and had used a lot of their energy yeah you're just there were people all along the side of the highway that just had stopped and they were just sitting on the side of the highway like I'm out I'm done yeah um, and like you said it's kind of like it's a pace yourself don't mm -hmm. the whole three sections because you like, yes. like you said if you go too strong in the swim your endurance for biking is not gonna it's not gonna go well and then it's gonna slow you down for the run too at the area absolutely absolutely yeah. and it's so because I'm a decent cyclist I typically kind of go all out on the bike <laughs> <laughs> um, which I on a shorter race is fine like I can do that on a shorter race on on this race because of the conditions, I definitely went too hard on the bike because I, my whole goal was just to be done with it. It was so difficult. I was just like trying to be done with it as soon as possible. The bike portion was seven hours, um, seven hours, like 112 and, miles. And, and that's not like riding a bike in the park, right? That's yeah. like, racing 12 seven hours of racing on a bike and so when I got to the run I definitely I had a hard time on the run because I had pushed so hard on the bike yeah. um and so if I were to ever do another one again I know that I would need to adjust myself a bit but it doesn't matter because I'm not doing another one so. <laughs> yeah like I'm good I'm good <laughs> but yeah I have I've now done after that race, I've done three more half Ironmans since that time. So I did the one in Hawaii, um, and I did one in New Zealand, and one in Australia. Um, so I'm still a triathlete. I'm still racing. I'm still doing half Ironman distances. Um, but yeah, I think that was my my one and only full Ironman. <laughs> Do you know, at the top of your knowledge, like that's the most strenuous? Like for you, there are also ultra Ironmans and ultra triathlon. I guess they're not Ironman is the brand name. Um, it's kind of like Kleenex. It's a brand name. There are ultra triathlons that stretch over like three days. 
So yeah, you do, you do a certain part of it each day. Um, I don't know the distances for those, but I do know that they exist and yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> Very, yeah, I have no words for that because mm -hmm. I, I mean, I remember you said that in the very beginning too, you said you're, you are not much of an athlete. So what, or encourage you or influence you to do this, just not even just the full um, Ironman, but I guess I have to, like all, everything you tried so far. I think I have a very driven personality. I also really like challenging myself. I really like to see, hmm, I wonder if I can do that. And so that's, um, you know, like I, I um, run two businesses. Um, I speak four languages. <laughs> I, I just, I like to challenge myself, especially if I think that there's something that I can't do. I like to kind of see if I can. Um, and so I think with the triathlons, it was just, once I got to one level, it was like, oh, I wonder if I can do the next level. Oh, I wonder if I can do, but now I'm good. Like now I know that I can and I'm good. You know, um, I, I don't feel the need to keep trying to prove anything. But I also, the thing that I really love about triathlon is it shows me that I can always do more than I think I'm capable of. And and I really would love to live my life more so like how I do triathlon because I, and I have a training plan and it'll show me every day, like, okay, here's what you're going to do today. And there's some days that I'm like, I'm, I'm not capable of doing that, but then I'll go try it. And I'm like, huh, what do you know? Like I, I am capable of doing that. And so I think it's, it's been a great experience for me in terms of, um, just really understanding what I am capable of and, and what is possible. And I also think it's a great testament to having a coach and having a program and, and listening to people who've done this before and listening to people who do it more successfully than you. Um, you know, I think anytime you do something new, I think those elements are really important. If you, if you want to get better faster, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I really like to think that I can do everything by myself. I'm a very independent person. Um, but I've learned in business, you know, it was really a struggle until I started learning from other people. The same with triathlon. I hired a coach because I'm like, I, I don't know how to do a full Ironman. I've never done that. Um, so I think that's a big life lesson too, is learning from people that have already done what you're trying to do um, yeah. or people who are just more successful at it than you. Um, yeah. I, th I think it's, you know, sometimes we want to try to do everything on our own, but it just ends up taking a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. And what you said makes sense of, it doesn't hurt to ask for help, even mm -hmm. like just to have an idea of what it is. Cause like you said, it takes longer if you're researching, looking it up and you could already be done right now, or not done right now, but already starting sooner right. than later. If you had like a mentor or another a coach, someone who's already familiar with it. Yeah. And so yeah, I totally agree with that. And and overall, just thank you for sharing your story. It's mind blowing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we talked earlier, I still like I still feel 
like you said that our body is capable of anything yeah. just push a little bit we can do it and yeah. so yeah and thank you so much so I was curious like what is your one takeaway that would you would want to share with our audience today I think it's when anybody has an idea of something that they want to do or try, I believe that that idea was specifically downloaded into your brain from the universe. I really do. I don't think we get ideas that are not meant for us. And so I think when you get an idea like, oh, I, I might kind of be interested in doing that. I think you need to go for it. I think, you you know, and sometimes it's... um what's the one thing that you can do to commit to that? So for triathlon, sign up for that race, right? Like now you're committed. Now you're in, um, you know, if, if it's starting a business, register that business, starting a podcast, like record your first episode. I mean, I think whatever it is, when you have an idea of something, figure out what your first step is and do it. Right. And then you can find other people to learn from and, and you can grow along the way. But I think it's um, being able to listen to the ideas that we have. And then I'm, I'm a very impulsive person and I really love that. I love just, all right, take the first step, do it right. Figure it. And then we'll figure it out along the way. Oh, that is wise words. <laughs> I definitely do it's like you said just sometimes just be impulsive and just do it because just do it because yeah. if you think too much like you're you're sucking yourself out from yes it. and so no I that, yes that's why I love my impulsivity because I don't give myself time to get into worry and anxiety right yeah. if I have an idea I'm like oh do it <laughs> all right it's done you it's know right done, and now now yeah. I just move forward and then keep going with it yeah but, yeah, well, so often we talk ourselves out of things, right? So yeah. um, just, yep, click the button, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steph, for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure just hearing your story and hearing the more knowledge of what's behind Iron Man, too. It's like anyone could, anyone could do it at any age, like no matter what, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. You can just do it. And so... Thank you again. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank you everyone for listening in. And if you want to learn more about Steph West, please check out in the description for more information and the links. And please leave a review wherever you're listening and look out for new episodes every Tuesday on the Courageous Inner Peace.